evening. Welcome to another episode of The Backless Furnace with me, Robert. With me, Pete. My lap mo, you out here. Yeah, yeah. Mm. go. Late night recording sessions. Don't know. Let's make furnace after dark. They mm. don't know this, though. But it ain't going to be one of those episodes. It might wow. be. Who knows? <laughs> okay. Wait, no, everyone's watching around it. So Peter's dressed right now. <laughs> Peter's <laughs> like, fam, they didn't know that that was the time. They didn't. But all they know is just no a regular thing. It doesn't matter. I'm trying to give them that, 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 that raw authenticness, you know? Mm, good for you. They've got to see what, what we're really about. They've got anyway, to see that we're committed to this, yeah? Trust me. No days off. No hours off. It's entirely not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, okay, so I've got a couple of stories to tell, to tell you guys today. Story time. Story time. I miss story time, you know? I don't. And, 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 and I've got a good one for you today, which has nothing to do with what we're, we're talking about, but uh. I thought it was hilarious. But firstly, I just want to say a big thank you to Kyrie Sane, who is leaving the WWE. She's going back to Japan. Ah, the Pirate Princess, thank you so much for all you did. I know that WWE didn't allow you to do, even though you That could. went right over everyone's head, bro. If you know, you know, innit? Shout out to Kyrie Sane. Anyway, okay, now, proper story time. So, it, this happened on Friday. Friday. On Friday, I was playing at a funeral. You were um, praying. Playing. Playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy goes to funerals to play games. Mm-hmm. I went to play, play the viola. Uh, yeah, yeah. So a friend asked me if I could play. So I get there in the morning, about 9 a.m., have, have a little practice session. It goes well. And then she says, oh, when you're ready, I'm going up to my aunt to, like, get, um, get you some rice and chicken. I was like, all right, cool. So I get ready, go to the kitchen to get some rice and chicken. And she's like, oh, yeah, let me, let me warm, warm up the thing for you, right? So she gets, she gets the rice, the plain rice. Puts in a bowl, puts in the microwave. She says, oh, go, go, I'm going to get the chicken that you want. So, gives me the rice, gives, gives me the chicken. I'm looking, I'm like waiting for the stew or, or whatever condiment that's going on the rice. <laughs> she said, yo, do you want ketchup or mayonnaise? <laughs> what? <laughs> she asked me if I wanted ketchup or mayonnaise for the rice. Nah, that's disrespect. Wow. And, and then like, it caught but me. so off. plain rice. Plain rice, plain white rice. Never. No butter, no nothing. <laughs> and like, it caught me so off guard. I was just like, oh, no, no, it's cool. It's cool. I, I, I keep it like this. Because <laughs> I didn't know what to say to that. And so I'm, so like, I'm there thinking, okay, maybe that's just something that she does. So like, I'm going back to where I was. And like, another guy sees my plate. And he sees the rice, he sees the chicken. And he was like, oh, do you want some ketchup with that? <laughs> what? <laughs> Nah. And again, I was just like, nah, that is cool, it's cool, it's cool. Oh, that was so wild. So, uh, so I basically, just she offered you rice and stew. No, rice and chicken. And, and technically, that's what she said. She said, you're going to have rice and chicken. Rice and chicken. <laughs> Fair enough. But, but normally, it's not just rice and chicken. <laughs> There's stew along with, it, with the rice. Bro, at least some shit or some something. Okay, but they, they weren't Ghanaian or Africans. Okay. But even still. No matter where you're from in the world, <laughs> ketchup does not go with rice. Oh. <laughs> Unless you're Nigerian. No, I'm joking. No, careful. Careful. <laughs> but anyway, I put that hey, You might get our first complaint on, on, the, on the podcast. <laughs> I put that was a funny story, so I thought I'd share it with you guys. It made my day on the day, but it was wild. Anyway, so let's get into the actual episode today. Um, mm. Kid Moses is in the hot seat this week. Yeah. Um, can I go first, Peter? You can. Ladies first. Go ahead. Okay. Well done. Well done. Very mature of you, Peter. Well done. Very mature. He's out here grinning with his VR background on, on Skype. Okay, let's go. So, Moses, very simple, yes, simple question. Will, will we have free will in heaven? Yes. <laughs> Very simple answer. Want to ex- extrapolate your answer a bit more for the fans? Yes, we will have free will. Um, I don't like God is not going to take away our free will at any given moment in time, down to the fact of us being free to quench the Holy Spirit even after salvation. 
like God hasn't removed it. And when we go get to heaven, it's like in our being captivated by the beauty and the holiness of God and everything, it's still not going to remove our free will. But I believe that we will be so captivated by it. It's like we, with his spirit in us already and him moving our hearts towards Christ and move it like, transforming us more and more into the image of Christ. The Bible says when we see him, we will be like him. And so in us being more and more so, we won't be him, but we'll be like him. And in us being that our hearts and affections will be so turned towards God that we will worship and we will lay our lives down all the more fully because we are captivated by him and because we love him so much. And so, yes, technically we will still have the ability to sin and the ability to go counter to what he wants but we are we will be standing in front of the the most beautiful glorious holy majestic just god yahweh and i believe that we will be so captivated that we in as much as we will have free will we won't go counter to it but that's the thing i I want i wanted to push back on like being so captivated by god that we're compelled to worship him doesn't Mm -hmm. that kind of negate free will if we're doing something that we are we, we can't help but be compelled to do. No. Because being so in love with your wife that you don't want to cheat is not compulsion. You're in love with your wife and so you don't want to cheat. You want to be faithful. Just because I don't want to do something doesn't mean my will has been tied into not doing it. It's like with, with my wife, I don't want to cheat. Is, doesn't okay, mean I don't have free will. Uh, but... And the difference is that God is like an irresistible or like will be for us in heaven. Like mm-hmm. something is irresistible. I you 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 can't it's impossible for you to resist. Then it's kind of taken out of your hands, no? No, because it's something that our hearts has been has been turned towards or is being turned towards currently. And so in as much as we can't, he's irresistible, we don't want to resist him. And so it isn't, it isn't a violation against our free will because our free will is so turned towards him that we want to be with him. It's like, as Paul, Paul was saying, like, to die, is, to die is gain. To live is Christ and to die is gain. And it's like, and I think it was Peter that was like, um, Maranatha, like, Lord, come. There's this eagerness to see and to be with Jesus. There's this eagerness to see and to be with God. And I think in us being in that position, it will be a fulfillment of that eagerness so that we, yeah, it wouldn't necessarily, in as much as we will, like God's, God would have, would have captivated us, it would be in line with our longings anyways. And so it wouldn't be a case of, uh, I don't, I don't want to look at God, but he's so irresistible, so I will. Okay. So yeah, I don't believe that we, We'll lose our free will in heaven. Um, yeah. Cool. Okay, I'm happy with that. Sweet. Peter, anything you want to weigh in? I, I'll, I'll add something. So I agree with it completely. I'll add a couple of things. One of which is a wacky theory that has literally just come to mind. But um, the first and probably more um, sensible thing is, no, I do agree with Mo in that once we are made like him, you know, we won't, it won't be an eradication of free will, but we won't necessarily be wanting to do all the other things that we, you know, all the other sins and stuff because we'll be made like God. Now, my thing is, um, with regard to that, we have to recognize that sin is, or what we war against when we're warring against sin is warring against our flesh, this earthly flesh that's temporary and that is fallen. Mm, I see where you're going. Yeah, once that's removed, we are return to just the breath of God and you know his handiwork as he intended so I think it's 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 difficult or it's, I think it's wrong to think of it in terms of how we are now because we won't be as we are now we will have on new flesh we'll have on new um, we'll have on a new form having been released from this decaying flesh that's is really the source of our in of our um uh our fallibility and, and our sin so i i think it's it's not so much going to be an eradication of will we will just be released to be our 
perfect forms or perfect selves and in that we won't it won't be a, a matter of struggling against sin as we are now because that thing that ties us to sin that thing that brought in death will no longer be a part of us so we'll finally reach our final form yes we'll finally reach our final form final form um the wacky thing the wacky thing is and again i, I want to preface this by saying it is wacky it's just come to mind um Bible says we were created little less than, little lower than the angels, which I recognize could be a reference to our physical abilities where angels, you know, one angel would destroy 3,000 and, you know, they could move however fast or whatever um, in the Bible. We were made little lower than them and yet still we will judge them because we are God's children. I think in that could be something that's, could um help explain this a little bit because even if we're made in our perfect form so was lucifer in his perfect form um when pride was found in him and when he sinned and i think our perfect forms are actually i'm thinking about this is unraveling so i don't know if i should i'll just say it's a just for saying sake i don't think this i think it's unraveling as i'm as i'm thinking about it but Lucifer in his perfect form was still able to rebel against God. We being created a little lower, I think, are created almost like babies compared to adults. Babies don't necessarily have their own agency to do wrong. They just cry and laugh and, you know, they're just babies loving on their parents or being loved by their parents. Whereas angels would have been created as almost peers kind of peers to God, well, or a little bit higher than babies. So I think when we are released from the flesh, we return to that baby childlike form that the kingdom is for, according to Matthew. Um, and I think in that, we aren't going to be susceptible to the same sin that Lucifer was susceptible to. But again, that's just a wacky theory that's just come to mind. So. Yeah, I'm happy you said it was a rabbling, so I don't need to unpick it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right, Peter. All right, cool. My question is, um, so someone, so I was reading a, uh, I'm on Christian, the Christian subreddit, um, and I just go on there every, <laughs> I go on there every other, you know. You're such a nerd. <laughs> what? That's a, that's a Reddit. That's <laughs> yes. What? Sorry, I'm, yeah, I'm judging you, Peter, but it's okay. Reddit is a good place to go and read stuff. I follow all the nah, things on Reddit. Reddit. Reddit is such a cesspool of... It is. <laughs> it is. Well, you know, I think, you know, it's all part of that self-education. It's, it's interesting to get different perspectives on stuff. So anyway, on, on the Christian Reddit, on the Christian Reddit, someone has typed, he, he's posted, I am gay and I don't know if I believe in God. <laughs> Well done. on the christian subreddit he posted it and you know the long and short he said he's posting this so that people can pray for him so that god would do some miracle to turn him straight so that he will like girls and most importantly to pray that god or jesus would talk to him so that he will then believe in god if god answers your prayers thank you if god answers if doesn't well it sucks <laughs> so that's what they've written i don't wanna i don't wanna be little what could possibly be a, a real thing, but um, what what's your response to this? To if you were to leave a comment on this redditor's uh, question uh, or post, what, what would your comment be? Um, my comment would be: so he said he doesn't believe in God. He says he doesn't know if he believes in God, so he identifies as an agnostic at present. Okay, then. But he's gay. He's been praying for to be made straight and to like girls, and it doesn't happen. Okay. So, yeah. um, firstly, uh, Reddit is can be a mean place. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't even opened the comments to see what um, Reddit can be a mean place. So for you to like, if this is legit, I'd have to be like, well, like kudos onto you for like being this real on Reddit. Um, Carl, you could have been met with so much sarcasm and like just so brave. But hopefully, he put it onto. And he probably will be. The, he probably yeah, will be still. He put it onto the Christian side, so I'm guessing he's hoping that 
there'll be some good Christians, but we know that. Have you but, seen Christians these days? <laughs> <laughs> but I think my, my response to him would be, let's put a pause on your prayer about homosexuality and let's pray for you to get to know God. Okay. And that that more so is, um, and, and I also be like, like search, search the scriptures prayerfully and just wait on him and just, just be in that space. Um, because it's like, that there's, there's this thing that I find that we sometimes focus so much on the expression of our sin that we don't recognize. So if that quote unquote expression starts to diminish, we don't necessarily recognize that we've, we've turned that expression somewhere else. So you may, the guy may be attracted to men and be like, yeah, panicking, but it's like, wow, like I need to switch it to something else. And I think from what, from what I can gather, I think there's an issue there because it's like, why is he so afraid? Why is he panicking? Why is he? It may be a cultural thing, maybe that he's not in the right environment for homosexuals or whatever, and so his life may be at risk. Um, but then again, my my concern is if if he like is quote unquote delivered from all of this, and now he starts liking women, and then he starts lusting after women, having um, extramarital intercourse, and all of them things there or premarital intercourse or whatever. Have we actually delivered him from something bad? Or have we just handed him over to another thing? Has, have he, has he just traded one sin for another? Mm. But in him getting to know God, I know for a fact that God will have that transformative work in his life. And it may not look the way that I anticipated looking or he anticipated looking or whatever. He may go down the pool route. And so it's very much so my safety net is get to know God and mm. let God do the transformation. And because you, you said you don't know if you believe in him, that's why I'm coming along this angle. Mm. But if you're like, no, I'm a Christian, like blah, 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 but I'm still attracted to, to men as a man or as a woman, I'm still attracted to women, there'll be a different conversation. Mm. But my, my thing is you've got bigger problems than your homosexuality. So let's rectify that first. Mm. And then let's come back to your homosexuality. Okay. If, it still, if it still lingers. Because okay. in rectifying your relationship with God, you may very well rectify whatever you believe is a problem. Mm. So that, that's why I'd be like, let's, let's put the prayer for that on pause for now. Mm. And let's turn all of our attention to you seeing the majesty and the sovereignty of God. And mm. him actually, like his Holy Spirit actually coming upon you and you having that intimate relationship with him. Mm. And then let's readdress that afterwards. Cool. If it still lingers. So yeah, that, that would be my approach. Mm. Yeah. Fair enough. I was watching this thing on Instagram with Jackie Hill Perry and she was talking about mm-hmm. how, um, I think she was talking to, um, to Cam on stage and she was talking about how, like, even though, like, God changed or changed, like delivered her from her homosexuality. It's still something that she still very much struggles with, but she mm. just chooses. She chooses the things of God over the desires of her of her flesh, mm. and I think that with a lot of people, they feel like um, God will just take away their their like desire yeah. to commit certain sins, yeah. which isn't the way that it works. So not whilst we have this flesh now. Yeah, yeah, and and like I think that's that's something that may turn people away from Christianity because they feel like, oh, if I'm not changing, then maybe God isn't real. Because if He was, He would He would eradicate this this like feeling or desire within me altogether. Yeah, I don't I don't even think it's so much so that so there's um there's this notion of if you pray hard enough or you believe hard enough, then it will go. And so there, there's the sense in which uh, I'm still struggling with this. I'm not believing hard enough. And so your deliverance almost becomes as a result of your efforts 
as opposed to the grace of God. And it's also recognizing that. So you like God may deliver you from depression and you still go through periods of depression throughout your life. God may deliver you from something and you still, it doesn't mean that you're not going to battle with it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm, I, was, I was surprised when I read um, Rick Warren, um, like, had battles with depression. I was surprised when I heard Spurgeon often was depressed. Because I'm just like, wow, like, them men are, them like, Rick Warren, but I was like, them men are like giants. When, when you think Spurgeon, you're thinking, wow, when you think Rick Warren, whatever you think about him, he's still got a name for himself within the faith. But recognizing that it didn't diminish or negate their anguish and their battles, even with their proximity or perceived proximity with God. And it's still something that they had to kind of go through and battle through <clears throat> to different degrees. And so, yeah, I, I, I have a problem and this, this, this is something I'm, I'm willing to like discuss publicly or whatever, but I have a problem with Christians presenting the notion of unless you're totally delivered from something, you ain't got the faith, or unless you're totally delivered from something, it's just like there's something wrong with you. Or like, yeah, it's just, it, I think it's the nature of the fall, but it doesn't mean we don't press into it or we don't expect to be fully delivered because I believe sanctification moves us to grow in holiness and to grow in our relationship with God and to grow in our expectation of God, but also the fall, the reality of the fall is such that we recognize that, yo, like, I still need to flee from different things. For one person, maybe I, I see gal, nah, man needs to run. To another person, I see someone with an open briefcase, briefcase full of money, I need to run. Mm. Like, there's different things that triggers different people and it's recognizing that even in your proximity to God and your desires for God it doesn't negate the pull of the flesh yeah, yeah. and I want to I want to I know this is slightly unorthodox um, but I wanted to ask Peter a question um, but I'm just throwing, throwing it out really so not really to Peter but Peter mentioned this initially when we're talking about um, worshipping God and whether we're when we get to heaven if we're going to have free will to worship and stuff and you mentioned the flesh. And so how, how do you understand the flesh? Obviously, I'm, I'm assuming that it isn't the physical body that we're in. Um, to some extent, it is because when, when, um, when God takes on, when, when Christ takes on a new form, mm-hmm. he... He's, he obviously transcends the in the physical body that he had that Thomas could still touch the holes. He he still transcended the laws of physics in that at some point he ascended and they saw him ascend and he entered mm. the room without using the doors and, and mm-hmm. used. So there was obviously a difference between the body that he had that they could still physically touch and see and the physical body that we have. When I say flesh, I do mean the physical um, I do mean the physical body, but I also mean in a spiritual sense, the physical body being almost the conduit for our sin, because no one's sinning spiritually. Kind of, if, if you get what I mean, it's like it's not your spirit that's it. Yes, it's a spiritual thing, but it's not your spirit that's lost after the girl. It's your, it's you, your physical body, your blood running from your brain to the other head and stuff like that. Yeah, that, okay. that's that's what okay. I mean. All right, so I I I think I understand. Uh, Robert, what's what's your take? Do you um, think the flesh is a physical flesh? No, I don't. Yeah, no, because I don't think that it is our physicalness that causes us to like desire the things of the world. Hmm. Like, there's is. It's not like it's your arm that makes you want to steal something that isn't yours. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So so so, so I think it is definitely um, um, a metaphorical flesh. Okay. As opposed to a physical flesh. So if it is metaphorical, have you paid any? Have you given any thought to what the metaphor could be standing or representing? If if no, just say no. Like no shade. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I guess it's 
it's um just like a parallel well not 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 a parallel but just like um what's the words like to contrast like the body that we have now compared to the spirit that is maybe in the body but not of the body mm. yeah because it's as peter was talking um now obviously we know that jesus didn't mean like literally cut off your right arm or gouge out your right eye but in him saying, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your right eye causes you to lust, cut it off. But I was also, something that Peter mentioned that I found interesting was in our physiology, like the chemical imbalances and blah, blah, blah. It's like, like so the release of oxytocins or endorphins or whatever, like we get addicted to our phones because there are chemicals released within the physical body. And they've been designed triggers, to do that. Yeah. Which then triggers a desire to do something. So it, it could be a case of Eve heard that their fruit was able to do this and there was a release of a chemical within her body that she hadn't experienced before and she wasn't wise enough to know that in as much as this feels good, it won't lead to something that is that is long-lasting because she acted on it. So I'm just wondering if, if it is the physical... So in as much as there may be a, a metaphorical... And I believe there is a metaphorical element to it but i'm wondering if the physical body because even we're falling and we see the implications of that fall within the body in terms of like disabilities and sicknesses and death all of these things happen to the physical body um and as paul says the things i want to do i don't do the things i don't want to do i do and there's almost this like tussle between two present entities so yeah, I think I haven't, I haven't, like, I personally haven't paid it much thought until Peter mentioned it, and that's why I was like, "There's no shade," because I haven't thought about it. Like, but you know, clearly. that being said, like, I do, I don't, I don't know if if it's just me, but like, I do feel it in my body when I want to do something that I don't know, that I know I'm not, I'm not supposed to be doing. Yeah. So, 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 so maybe there is an element, like you were saying, of. I do think I th- I think the distinction I make is with Eve, um, and you know they do say that she saw that it was good for mm-hmm. food. She saw the food was good for food. So like you said, you know, was that a dopamine release? Yeah, it very well could have been. But I think again, and I, I've said this before, that everything we know about the physical universe, we know post four. Mm-hmm. Um, more 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 um, more recently, we know post um, flood, post Noah's flood. So there is there is that distinction, but I, I definitely True. think there's a um, yeah I, I think I, I I get what you guys mean in the metaphorical when the Bible says it, and of course like you said you know no one's saying go and then make yourself an amputee for for whatever reason, but I think the body being the instrument with which we interact with the falling world um, is also fallen, and I think it's it um it, it's that's that's how I recognize it anyway. But yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. This is definitely something I want to be mulling over. Mm. So yeah, I appreciate it. Cool. Cool. Alright. Okay, so we've actually been talking for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so let's have a bit of a lighter conversation today. Um Yeah, so I I I I've I've been in two minds this these past couple of days. Okay. So, a double-minded man is never stable. <laughs> you walked into that one, mate. <laughs> it's okay. I was gonna make it. I was gonna make it an appropriate joke, but <laughs> ain't that kind of episode today? Ah, <laughs> oh, red mic rub is on a green mic today, so he's Jeez. toned down. I was gonna say. Diluted. Um, yeah. So, like, I lost my, I lost my earphones, and then I was planning. I was thinking about getting like a new pair. And I was like, you know what? For a long time, I wanted these fire Sony ones. See, like, the noise like, cancelling ones. Yes. The earbuds or the headphones? Headphones. Yeah, they're good. And I was like, you know, and like every time like I, I go to Curry's, I'll try them on. I'm just like, yeah, just as good as I remember. <laughs> but like these things cost like £250. Yep. £180 if, if you like, if you go scrounge the internet. And um, I was like, you know what? That's not even that much money. Because you're balling, yeah? A, a little bit, a little bit. 
Uh, but then I've also been thinking a bit about like marriage and wedding stuff recently as well. Okay. And then I was thinking, you know what, yeah, this is money that could, could go towards like a marriage or a house in the future. Yeah. yeah. And like, is it worth? Is it worth spending this much money? Because you know, because you know me, adulting. Me, honestly. I don't know the, that, that much difference between like the ten pound headphones I get from the from, from like the phone shop guy and then these these ones. You don't. There's a difference. There's, there's a difference, difference, bro. There's a difference. There's a difference, but, but I don't think there's 170 pounds 170 pounds worth of difference. There is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. But, but but like you know me and, and like technology anyway. You know I'm not the most. Yeah. No. No, you're not. Yeah, <laughs> I'll pretend. <laughs> and so it was actually this was actually something that I was, was going to come and talk, to talk to you guys about. And since we're here, I might as well talk about it here. Um, okay. So, how did like thinking about marriage and marriage in general um, change your relationship with money? Yeah. It's the question I want to ask. That's a good question. Alright, so I've actually hinted at this before on the on the podcast. And um I think before I got married, I didn't really um you know, much like you've you mentioned, I didn't really care about money. It was always make enough so that you are paying all your bills and you're okay. And then, you know, whatever whatever you've got left, you use. If you want more, get another job or find other ways to make money to get more money and then buy what you need to buy. Um so it was always a matter of I didn't really care about money but since getting married and since you know thinking about children now having a child I am much more uh, cognizant of wanting to provide and and wanting to make sure that like what's needed is needed and not just by me so taking other people's requirements into consideration and that's obviously changed much like you described my spending habits my thoughts on you know work and, and, and progression and stuff like that so it's it's when you're, you're the, the main the main difference for me has been made with considering other people's needs as opposed to just my own mm. yeah. <coughs> mine mine is actually slightly backwards but i still see god's hand in it in that before i got married um I was very money conscientious in that like savings always being mindful of what I do so it's like I, I had that whole I had a credit card and I'll spend stuff on the credit card but I knew exactly how much I was spending on the credit card and then as soon as the bill came I had the money ready clear it and then do the same thing again the next month and I had done that for like years and so fam, like, your credit score must be banging fam fam credit score was banging what I had two credit cards and I was just banging that and one of them as well was one of them credit cards that gave you money back when you spent in certain places so I always made sure that I was like I bought petrol with that I did that so it's like I always did stuff with it get money back clear it so I'd always be have like money more money than so yeah like I was sitting nice but because of that I started relying on my ability when it comes to the finances So there was a heavy reliance on, yeah, like I've got finances patterned, so I got this. So when I was about to get married, I was thrown into a position where the finances just went down the drain. Like when you're getting married, you shell out a lot more money than you had anticipated. If, if you say your budget is 100 grand, I am, I am almost certain that you spend more than that. Because you, you approach it, oh, I've got 100 grand, so yeah, let me just do what I want. By the time you recognise it's like 130 or whatever, you're just like, oh, okay. Mm. Um, so yeah, we had a budget, budget got blown a couple times. Um, and I, I, was, I was pushed into a place where I was just like, bro, I ain't got no choice but to trust in God, even though like credit score is starting to plummet. I ain't got no choice but to trust in God. And so, yeah, it's 
it moved me into a place of not relying on myself when it comes to finances, but trusting him to God to provide, uh, trusting in God to provide. And even now, like seven years deep into marriage, there's been another shift where in line with what Peter was saying, where it's like I see myself when it comes to finances more so along the lines of stewardship rather than ownership or anything along those lines. So it's very much like well, this, this is how much is coming. As the head of the household, it is my responsibility to ensure that this is being used wisely, to ensure that things are getting covered that needs to be covered and people can do what they need to do while still like trying to reserve and blah, blah, blah for the family. But also then recognising that this is not what is going to, like, like ultimately God provides, not our savings account. And so even though wise stewardship is like, let's stack for a rainy day, faith is like, but God will take me through the rainy day, not my savings account. Mm. Say it again, so that, that's That's the angle that during marriage at this point, God is kind of shifting me into. But yeah, before marriage, I was on my own thing because I was living at my mum's. I didn't really have many bills or anything like that. I was doing what I wanted to do with my money. Um, and then, yeah, marriage came. I scattered all of that preconceptions and stuff, which was good. Oh. Challenging, but good. Okay. So how do you feel, thinking about marriage now, how do you feel it's challenging your... Um, perceptions or notions of money and how you handle money it's definitely making me rethink the big purchases like 200 pound headphones and I guess it's also made me like think more about like lifestyle things and what things are very necessary because like, cause like obviously I've worked in wedding planning so I, I know the kind of money that goes into these kind of things mm. um, and also I, I, I feel like through, through seeing that I know the areas where I wouldn't want to spend lots of money Okay. because they're the things that waste away and are forgotten about like 20 minutes after people leave mm. um, yeah so, so like the things like I know I don't want like a, like, like, like a really good videographer and, and like photographer to capture to capture the day because that's that's like the stuff that will be remembered. Food, yeah. fam, we can go KFC, we can go Morley's. And it's still still Bro, be You could do that, but if you're having an African wedding, you can't do that. Jello fries for everyone. It'll be cool. That can run. That can ketchup run. A, ketchup and mayonnaise too nah, for those people nah, that want nah, it. Nah, <laughs> nah, that's that can't run. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and to be, to be honest, it just like I feel like even though like I've gotten quite good at saving, it just feels like there's not enough money, and that is kind of scary, you know. Mm. But there's still time. Um, but I'm the I'm the kind of person that likes to have everything planned out in advance, like ready before I start moving. Yeah, I was like that at one point. <laughs> and then, and so it's like, I think, I think I'm just scared of like getting to a place where, like, you go, you go out to a point in faith, and then suddenly you're at, you're at a deficit, or just like a hole, and there's nothing coming into the hole to fill it. But, but I guess that's faith. But then sometimes you put faith in the wrong things and, and you do the thing that you're not supposed to do. And that's why you end up in the situation that you're in. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, do you do it? Do you not? And <laughs> it's so crazy. It's so crazy. So what do you think? Um, well, I guess you're still trying to figure it out. And like I... Like I know Peter got like a like a second job and like they ran up to the wedding. That I did. That I did. Yeah. And might have to. I don't know if I want to though. That's very long. <laughs> That's wrong. Peter, I rate you. It's hella long, but I rate you for that. It is. It is. How's that experience for you, Peter? I didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't an experience per se. It was just like I said, and I'm actually like I've. That confirms that I'm telling the truth. That's how I thought about money. 
beforehand. It was always, you know, make sure that you. I believe God's given us the what's what's the word? God's given us the ability to acquire wealth, and it's like I was always just not make sure you're not lacking sort of thing. That's that's always how I viewed it. And so when I needed more, you know, it's either rob someone or get another job. <laughs> Yo. And uh, I wasn't too uh, too op- open to robbing people, so I was get get a second job. Okay. Yeah, it was just the way I thought about it. Mm. Yeah. And um, on a random one. Oh, this is an interesting question. How do you feel like your your wife's relationship has, has married no, to money has changed since? <laughs> if you can talk about such things, if not, I understand. But it's after dark, so. There's no rules. <laughs> There's no rules until they hear it. <laughs> they speak highly. <laughs> I think, so, this this is the interesting difference between us, where I feel like myself, so when I first moved to London from Ghana, well, second, second time moving to London from Ghana, uh, my dad was still in Ghana, and I was here with my mum and my sisters. And so I, there was an onus on me to save to get what I wanted as opposed to just being able to go to mum I want a game more advanced with what money um, so I had to like save to get my game more advanced and save to get games and blah 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 so from like year 7, 8 I had just grown up knowing that if I want something I need to save and I need to like get it and so I was comfortable just living without because I know that at some point there's going to be something that I want and at least I know there's money in reserves to kind of buy it. So I was kind of used to denying myself and not going without just so I can do these purchases. But um, Jamila, on the other hand, she grew up more so in as much as they weren't like living La Vida Loca or nothing like that. But she had seen her dad like graft for money. And so when he wanted something, he would get it. Because he's like, yo, like I have worked for this money. So why am I going to deny myself this, trying to hold out for another thing that I may want? No, I want these trainers. I'm going to get them. I want these sunglasses. I'm going to get them. Like, I've worked. I'm going to enjoy my money. Yes, and so Jamila was very much, is very much that way inclined, where it's like, I've worked for my money. I will enjoy it. So if I want to go Nando's today, I'm going Nando's. But I'm more so like, yeah, but what if I go Nando's today and tomorrow we ain't got no money, so we're having to drink Gary and water? Like, no, I'd rather <laughs> do like, buy a mildo today so I can buy another mildo tomorrow um, but because we're living with and like just doing life with each other I'm learning to yeah like enjoy the Nando's every now and then innit? Like you're working for it and plus I see God challenged me from the perspective of um, don't worry about tomorrow tomorrow has enough problems of it so like worry about today tomorrow mm. take care of itself and so if you've got the money today trusting me to provide user money wisely and just know that like tomorrow whatever happens I've got you um but my tendencies are starting to rub off on her where she's I know that she's a lot more like savings minded and stuff as well not by virtue of me per se but I just know that that's with her so even though she's like extravagant somewhat extravagant but she still is very mindful about saving so yeah that's that's how we've kind of chipped away at each other um savings wise money wise actually so she she's a lot more free when it comes to spending and i'm a lot more reserved just naturally hmm. okay could pete would you like to throw in your two two cents into the conversation yeah, it's, it's actually it's actually pretty much the opposite and he's just more reserved and more con- um more thoughtful when it comes to spending and and you know trying to make as much savings as we can and I wasn't but in similar fashion to Mo we sort of have learned from each other and so you know I, I'm willing to compromise on you know certain things like I don't care about brand names or have any brand loyalty um, but you know she's also beginning to see okay well it's worth getting something of higher quality if it's going to last as long as stuff like that so just sort of learn from each other. Is that how you're going to spend £3,000 on a laptop? Yes. Okay. Well, it's more than three thousand pounds. <laughs> Who's counting? Mud. <laughs> and it's not. It's not. It's not anytime soon. I've got to save up for it. That's, that's what he says. 
because because his wife is in the room. So, so that's what he has to say. <laughs> no, no, no. I think she's she asleep. is in the room, you know. She is, oh, she's she, asleep. She, she's yeah. yeah, she's yeah, asleep. Though. It's all good. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I took it quietly. No. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Uh, well, I have no more questions, so let's round up because it's quite dark. It's scary. <laughs> He's scared of the dark. Man. Well, He's if there's no ba- in the dark. if there's no babes with me to enjoy it. Um, hey, up. bro. <sighs> I was talking reckless. Who? <laughs> you. <laughs> All right, cool. Hookups. Hookups, hookups. Shall I go first? You can do, Peter. I've got a. Now I'll say a couple. I've just got one. I'll just okay, do... Peter, 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 you're not going first because I don't trust you anymore. Have one. It's a uh, Netflix hookup. Um, it's a movie. So it's not even new. Uh, it's called Blind Spotting. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I've heard of it. It's actually a really, really good, um, really good movie. It's really interesting. Um, but it's from one of the guys uh, that's in Hamilton, and one of the Slam winners of uh, one of the poetry Slam winners in America. So it's got a lot of heightened language and, and poetry and rap. And um, yes, yeah, it's really good. It's just it's really interesting. Uh, so check it out. Blind spotting on Netflix. Okay. Kid yeah. Moses. Sweet. Um, do me last, man. Okay. Uh, my hookup is an anime series called My Teen Romantic Comedy Snafu. Um, Your what, what comedy, what, what? My Teen Romantic Comedy Snafu. My teen comedy romantic stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, story about this like antisocial guy who has no friends in school, and then he joins like one one club with like the with like the prettiest, smartest, highest achieving girl in the school, and then there's like another baby that he that, like he kind of likes. It's just their adventures during school together. It's such a great series. I think like season three is just coming out now, which is great. Cool. Um, <laughs> I always think of my hookups at the last minute. You know, this is bad. This is. Bad. I thought you kept. Oh no, you keep a list of uh, questions. Questions, yeah. Upset. I've run through those questions actually. Um, mm. I think my hookups. So I think um, J Cole has actually dropped a new album, but I haven't listened to it. So I can't a whole album. It a, yeah, him and the Neptune. Yeah, I might have to give that a check. Still. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, um, I'll throw it back. I'll throw it back. I'll throw it back. So Brandy dropped a new album <laughs> this week called Seven, but that's not my hookup. My hookup is the album before that, Never Say Never, um, from, two, from 1998. I really hate that saying. What? Never say never. Say never say never. You said never twice. <laughs> That's defeating the whole point of Shit. what you're trying to do. <laughs> it's true, though. It's true. But yeah, it's like the album actually bangs, and it's yeah. That's that's the last like mental image that I have of or vocal image that I have of Brandy. And so I found myself comparing this album to that. Which isn't always a good thing to do. You kind of need to take the body of work for what it is. But yeah, never say never. Brandy gets stuck in. Cool. cool. Okay, then I guess it's time for us to round up. Um, shout out to Rude for the intro outro music. Calvin Turner for the ordinary amazing logo. You can find us at Twitter at the Furnace UK, on Instagram TBS TBS Furnace. You can email us at tbsfurnace at hotmail.com. You can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash on all good podcast websites and apps, including Spotify, iTunes, them things there, the Blacks Affairs with an apostrophe. Um, is the Inquel project program still going on, Moses? Yes, so we've got two more weeks. Two more weeks. Who's coming on next week or this week coming? Uh, but, well, don't, don't throw me on a bus like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, um, I do not remember, boy. I just do the visuals. I just do. I just jump cool. for the visual tick. All that means is you guys can be surprised. Be excited about who who, who might on. be. 
Come on. It's, it's like Christmas. The present's there, but you, 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 you don't know what's in it. Go and unwrap that. And Unless it's shaped it like and socks, and then you know it's socks. Unless they're put into a box. Mm. And you're just disappointed. Yeah, man. I feel like African parents were never good at, like, giving presents at Christmas. Speak for yourself, man. Bro, you got, you got, you got presents at Christmas. No, but like I feel like they try to be practical with the presents all the time. Instead of just giving you the thing that you actually wanted in life, you know? Do you know what? Yeah, this is for me. It was the it was the birthday cards. So my mom gave me a football a card that was like a football birthday card. And the first thing about me is I don't like football. I don't watch it. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't engage with football. But I'm like, you gave me a football birthday card. Man's big, like, 25, 27. They gave me a foot. I'm like, don't you know, man? <laughs> they don't care. You just have to accept that they Literally. <laughs> and you have to smile and be like, oh, thank you. Uh, but I'm also, I was smiling because there was money in it. So I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I like. I was so sad the first birthday I had that there was no more money in the card. I was like, what? What happened? What have I done? And the year after year, it just stopped happening. I was like, okay. After I had kids, my mom was like, yeah, well, your birthday money is going to your kids now. Hmm. Yeah. But then it just means that you can do what our parents did to us and be like, you know, let me hold that for you. Fam, I do that all the time. Save that and put in a piggy, back, piggy bank in that. Oh, yeah, my piggy bank. <laughs> you know the ones there? Two T's. Two T's. Daddy's got brand new shoes. Hey. That's great. Anyway, this is a bit of a black Swiss, but we'll sign it out. Good luck. Good luck.